Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Friday, the 27th of June, 2019. A day that will live in pro wrestling infamy. You better believe it, Jack. Welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling. The show about pro wrestling and everything else. I am the man of the hour, the man with the power. Too sweet to be sour, the Duke. And I'm pretty pumped. I'm pretty pumped because this wrestling news that's been going on over the past week and and even continuing to break as we speak, folks, it's just amazing. It's crazy. In fact, we're going to have the man, Raj Geary, from the number one pro wrestling news site, Wrestling Inc. He's going to be joining us soon to break down a lot of the top stories and, and really just dig into this stuff from a historical perspective. Uh, we also have some listener-submitted content. Brian C., he sent a pretty good uh, voice message to DukeLovesWrestling at gmail.com. You know, you got to send me these things here, folks. Uh, uh, once again, DukeLovesWrestling at gmail.com. You can send your comments. You can send uh, audio clips. And, hey, we'll, we'll put it on the show. We'll put it on the show. We'll give you a shout-out. You know, share your thoughts. And if your thoughts are really, really good, I may even invite you onto the show uh, at a previous, at a later time, I should say. So, you know, Brian C., well, we'll have to listen and hear what he has to say there. Interesting guy. Uh, also, Turnbuckle Chick. Turnbuckle Chick gave me a green light to post some comments that she's made recently about what's going on in the wrestling world. So I'm going to do that a little later on. So stay tuned for that. But, you know, don't, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Before we get to any of that stuff, let me go over a couple of top stories because let me tell you something. We are not short on that. Not this week, folks. First things first, one of the craziest stories I've seen in a long time. Tommy Dreamer. Everybody remember Tommy Dreamer? You know, he has that House of Hardcore promotion that he has, and, and they also have a podcast. Uh, he, he was an ECW WWE still does work with Impact, and I know he's done some stuff at Ring of Honor. Tommy's been around. Tommy's been around all over the place, right? On his House of Hardcore podcast, Tommy Dreamer revealed that he once considered killing Paul Heyman and himself at WrestleMania 17. What? Tommy said he was gonna he was gonna jump the guardrail and and shoot Heyman and shoot himself, and that was gonna be a big thing. This is what depression had manifested into. You know, Tommy was twenty nine years old. ECW had folded, so he lost his job. He lost his prospects. You know, he could have signed with WCW for big money, and WWE was still not doing anything with him yet. Just. He was he was at a breaking point, man, and he was gonna not only was he gonna break, he was gonna snap. It's a hell of a thing to admit. And Tommy said it was actually a, a phone call from Jim Ross 
where Ross just told him, hang in there. You know, WWE hasn't forgotten about him and they're still thinking about him and they're going to use him. Hang in there. He said that's what kind of snapped him out of it. Gave him hope, I guess. Wow. That's a reminder that we don't know what people are going through. And just be careful out there, folks. Be careful with yourselves. Be careful with the folks you interact with. I mean, this guy was, you know, he felt like he had no other choices. He was legitimately going to do one of the craziest things that we would have ever seen in our lifetime. Thank God he didn't. But, boy, what a thing to admit. So, again, Tommy Dreamer, you can listen to his um, House of Hardcore podcast, which is tied to his wrestling promotion of the same name. You know, hear more, but, jeez. <laughs> Paulie, you know, there's always somebody out there who said they want to beat the hell out of Paulie or do something worse to him. He really played with people's emotions in that ECW, but you know, good thing everybody came out the other side because I'll tell you, whew, imagine, imagine a, a wrestling world without Paulie. I, I can't. We call him Paul Heyman today. That's his real name, but Paulie, dangerously Paulie, whatever. I just—he's a creative genius. Imagine not having that guy. Oof. So, that was something else there. Another thing that's something else is Impact Wrestling. You know, they're on the Pursuit channel, which is available on DirecTV and AT&T, what have you. Well, those two mediums are dropping Pursuit. Which I don't even know how much that matters, because Pursuit barely shows TNA, or Impact, I should say, uh, properly and on a regular basis anyway. It just, I, you know, later on, I'm going to talk to Raj Geary about this because he's the, the wrestling news guy. What the heck, man? Is, is this, will this be the end of Impact Wrestling? Will this be it? I, I know they're on Twitch, but is that good enough? Do they have another TV deal? Like, what's going on here? I don't know. But here's a promotion that's been around for, what, about 20 years now. And they've presented themselves as an alternative to WWE, and they've done the best that they can, I guess. They've had a million and one hiccups. But every time we think they're, they're down and out, they manage to bounce right back. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens here. Another interesting thing out there, uh, Harvard Business School. So that's in Cambridge, Massachusetts. They're going to be doing a case study on the business of WWE now you know that gets my my uh, dander up in a good way because hey listen <laughs> I'm all about the business of WWE I'm all about the economics of WWE I think they they're one of the most historic companies in the history of our entire nation and really the world in fact you should check out our, our episode from last week you know I talked to the guy over there from WrestleNomics about the business of WWE and, and, you know, learned a lot and certainly gave it right back there. You know, Brandon Thurston, good guy uh, from WrestleNomics. We talked all about that stuff. So this this class being offered, this case study happening at Harvard, this is interesting. I wonder what it's going to reveal. Huh. I'm sure other uh, universities and schools are going to follow suit because, look, man, a company to last this long and to make as much money 
as consistently as they are. Somebody needs to study that and, and figure out how it happened and see if we can replicate that in other areas. Why not? Something crazy here. Something really crazy. Fans advised to get tested for HIV and hepatitis C after extreme indie event. So I saw this on, on Wrestling Inc., uh, but also um, the News and Tribune, which is, you know, this is out of uh, Indiana, New Albany, Indiana. <laughs> Fans who attended the pro wrestling train wreck promotions, welcome to the rec room. Now, that was an indie event that happened on Sunday, June 23rd in New Albany, Indiana. They may have been exposed to bloodborne pathogens and should be tested for HIV and hepatitis C. They put out a press release about this, man. You, you hardcore fans are really something else to me. You love that blood and gut stuff. And, you know, there was a time when I was younger where I, I was into that stuff a little bit. But Jesus, you got wrestlers bleeding all over the place and possibly bleeding on you. You think that's okay? It's dangerous, man. And this ain't WWE. You know, I, I would trust that WWE tests their wrestlers for, you know, blood work and all that other good stuff. I don't trust some random indie, some random hardcore fed to be doing that. Call me crazy. Clearly they didn't. Just, oh. <laughs> I hope nobody was exposed to this stuff and, and comes down with anything as a result. This is just bizarre, scary. Some things are just not necessary. That's that's what I say to that. You know, moving on. AEW Fighter Fest. Now, this is a uh, pay-per-view event that you can catch for free on BR Live. Now, that's the, the streaming service uh, offered by Bleacher Report. You know, I mentioned this before, but that's happening on the 29th, which I believe is Saturday. So you got to check that out there. Uh, Fighter Fest. You know, we went over the matches a little bit. Cody versus Darby Allen and John Moxley versus, versus Joey Janela. I guess that's going to be a non-sanctioned match, by the way, whatever that means. So we'll have to wait and see how that goes. Uh, I, I'm excited about one of the women's matches. Yuka Suzuki and Rio and Nyla Rose, they're going to be the three-way match. I think that's going to be exciting. Kylie Ray's taking on Lever, Lever Bates. That'll be interesting as well. So, I don't know. Hopefully, it'll be a good uh, pay-per-view event. I'll be watching. I'll be eating ribs. Maybe have a beer. AEW's got to do something, man. They better do something because, and, 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 you know, moving on to the next topic, WWE did stomping grounds, which a lot of people were talking about the poor attendance and how WWE had to black off certain points so the cameras wouldn't pick it up and all that other garbage. It was a solid pay-per-view stomping grounds. It was a solid pay-per-view. Okay. I'll tell you that right now. I'll tell you, Heavy Machinery, they were in a match against the People's, the Planet's Tag Team Champions. The Planet's Tag Team Champions. And, you know, for my money, 
it was one of the best matches I've seen all year. What Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan were able to do during that match, the way that they were able to allow Heavy Machinery to get all of their stuff in and look like a million bucks and yet come out looking like strong tag team champions, solid win on their part, retaining the titles, it, it just, oh, I mean, I, I can't stress enough. You got to see that match. It's a great match. Great match. Stomping Grounds was, was a solid pay-per-view, man. I'm telling you right now, it was solid. It did not have a lot of hype. Maybe it was lacking in fan interest. But it was solid. I mean, from, from match one, you know, Drew Gulak, Tony Nese, and uh, Tazawa. Gulak won that match and ended up becoming the WWE Cruiserweight Champion. Becky Lynch and Lacey Evans, there were some missed spots by, by Lacey in that, but overall, that was a very good match in its own right. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they took on uh, Big E and Xavier Woods. Another great match, just a great match. Ricochet, Samoa Joe, Ricochet ended up winning the U.S. Championship. Those two were perfect with each other. I mean, a perfect pairing. Don't sleep on Samoa Joe, man. That dude can go with anybody. He's great. Bailey versus Alexa Bliss was another solid match. Alexa put on a clinic during that match. That was just, it was, I, you know, seeing Alexa Bliss back in the ring was just a sight to behold. She is just so good. So good. Which, you know, I've been saying that all along on this show. Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. It was what it was. It wasn't bad. It was pretty good. Kofi and Dolph Ziggler. It was a cage match that ended excellently and in great effort by both guys. But at this point, I think the crowd was starting to get a little tired. Nonetheless, it was still a solid match. Rollins versus Baron Corbin. That was a no disqualification match. And it involved Lacey Evans and, and Becky Lynch. You know, they got involved at some point. Listen. Wasn't the greatest match of all time, but it wasn't the worst either. It was another solid effort. Stomping Grounds was good, man. Don't let anybody tell you any differently. So, WWE, you know, they're on a roll. Got to watch out for them. Because the, the the Raw afterwards was, was solid. SmackDown was solid. It's like, hey, <laughs> we're here to party, baby. Speaking of Raw and SmackDown, it was announced today Paul Heyman will be taking over as the head of, of Raw and Eric Bischoff will be taking over as the head of SmackDown. Vince McMahon took two people who competed with him during what's fondly considered one of the greatest periods in pro wrestling history the guy that ran WCW and Eric Bischoff and the guy who ran ECW and Paul Heyman, he just put them both in charge of his two major shows. If you're AEW, if you're New Japan Pro Wrestling, if you're any other promotion, you should be very worried. The most talented people behind the scenes in pro wrestling work for WWE. Vince McMahon, obviously, his family, obviously, that includes Triple H, but he hired back 
Bruce Pritchard. Paul Heyman was already under contract, but he has him in a creative uh, capacity now. And he just brought back Eric Bischoff. Who saw that coming? I don't even think Bischoff saw that coming. This this is amazing. Like this is <laughs> this is truly fascinating. This is fascinating stuff, man. And 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 listen, don't take my word for it. We we can hear from a, a, a fan. Let's 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 have a fan tell you how they feel about it. All right. So I was called upon to give my opinions on the uh, Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman. Um, Named WWE executive directors, my opinion on the matter. Um, listen, I think it's it's obviously it's obviously good news. I mean, in my opinion, anything these guys touch is uh, turns into gold, especially Heyman. Um, you know, obviously Heyman was involved as the ECW president. I want to say from the early nineties to two thousand and one. I mean, the guy took the company to crazy heights on pay-per-view. And uh, I believe they had the national cable TV deal with TNN. I mean, this guy, this guy is, is a genius. I mean, let's just leave it at that. He, uh, he's also a must-see attraction on TV with Brock Lesnar. I mean, he's phenomenal. Paul Heyman is phenomenal. Uh, Eric Bischoff, you could say what you want. You know, the guy, the guy did have an igniting factor behind one of the best, one of the biggest factions ever in the NWO. Um, the bottom line is WWE had to make a, they had to make a splash. You know, it seems like everything they've been doing is negative and everything that AEW has been doing is positive. Now, look, I'm a, I'm for everything, man. I'm for the AEW. I'm for WWE. You know, if, if you really watch WWE, the last couple of weeks have been, have been fine on Raw. You know, Raw Raw this past week, you know, they had Daniel Bryan, they had the War Raiders against uh, Anderson and Gallows. That was a fine match. You know, they uh, they teased a Finn Balor and Shinsky, I believe it was on SmackDown. But, uh, you know, Raw for the most part, Raw was fine. Now they have Samoa Joe in the picture with Kofi Kingston. Everybody wanted Joe to get pushed. Now he's getting pushed. So, so what's the problem now? You know, there always seems to be a problem. So with Heyman and Bischoff, what, what is, what is the negative going to be? Well, they still have to answer to Vince McMahon. You know what? I would still rather them two guys be sitting next to Vince McMahon when he has to make his decisions than them two guys not sitting next to Vince McMahon when he has to make his final decisions. The bottom line is it's good for WWE. It's good for wrestling. It's good for the competition. You know, it's it's just it's just gonna bring out bring out the WWE in a in a better light. That's all it's gonna do. If you are for the AEW and WWE both competing and both being in the wrestling market, this is a positive. You know, it's it seems like the WWE is WWE is finally taking things more seriously. You know, like I said, the roster is loaded. The problem with the WWE is that the talent on the roster is just loaded, okay? I mean, you got guys on a weekly basis like Drew McIntyre who's hanging on, 
you know, he's hanging on to TV time by just being a bodyguard for Shane McMahon. All right. You got, you got guys that can't even get in the ring. I mean, I know Bray Wyatt, they're teasing, Aleister Black, they're teasing, but the bottom line is they're still not in the ring. You know what I'm saying? Shinsuke Nakamura is doing house shows, is doing dark matches against Finn Balor, who's the Intercontinental Champion. You know, when was the last time you went a month and a half without the Intercontinental Champion on TV? You know, the the two brand split, it's just the roster is so packed. Now they're finally pushing Ricochet. You know, Cesaro, I would have thought was going to get a push. I think he got injured there for a while. Everybody can't get pushed in the WWE. You know, that that's that's where the fans get it wrong. The fans think that everybody could get pushed. You know, there's, there's not even enough titles to go around. And I like it like that. Titles mean something. There shouldn't be 15 titles on one show. You know, the, the, the titles are perfect how they are. You know, I, I just think they needed... They needed some, some more brains in, in there. And not just brains with a background of writing and drama and wherever these they get these guys, these writers from. They needed guys with a wrestling background. And obviously Paul Heyman, which if I'm not mistaken, he took down he took over SmackDown a while ago. And uh, you know, I, I think he did a pretty good job when he took over SmackDown. But obviously this is a positive thing for the WWE. And no matter what the negative critics say, they could say whatever they want. At the end of the day, WWE is going to be fine. AEW will most likely be fine. And uh, it's going to be fun. You know, it's going to be fun the months to come. Alrighty, that's all I really got to say. And uh, like I said, you know, back to the WWE, the roster, you know, NXT is even pushing guys to come up like Adam Cole. Like I was saying, guys can't even get in the ring. Imagine if Adam Cole was pushed up. Imagine Gargano being pushed up. Imagine Velveteen Dream being pushed up. They can't even get all the guys on the main roster now TV time. All right? And you know what? As for Shane McMahon, I disagree with a lot of the critics with what they have to say about Shane. You know, if more people, more wrestlers on the roster took bumps, like, first of all, Shane McMahon's 50 years old. If their matches were more like Shane McMahon's matches, and they took bumps like he takes, you know, the ratings might be a little bit better. You know, I'm all for not putting Shane on Raw and SmackDown. I think the promos are a little too much on both. Promos, you know, he comes out, he talks on Raw 20 minutes, he comes out, he talks SmackDown 20 minutes. It's, it's a little overboard. You know, you could give that time to another, you know... Another wrestler, another competitor, that's fine. But as for Shane's matches, his matches are fine. You know, like I said, this guy's 50 years old. He, he can take a bump. You know, I, I mean, I remember the the match at WrestleMania with The Miz. You know, he was taking, he took a bump off the golf cart. It was just like a, uh, it wasn't even a big bump. The big bump was coming off of the, uh, the suplex when he won the match. He took a bump off the golf cart that would have been a finale in some of these guys' matches. And it was just like an everyday bump. So as for Shane, Shane's fine. You know, they make fun of his punches. You know, sometimes he's he's not great on the mic. I think he's fine. But, you know, as for Shane, his matches are absolutely fine. All right? I'm not saying the guy's a world-class elite wrestler. But but the guy the guy is, is a fine heel. And uh, and he can put on a match. Another thing is Baron Corbin. You know, I agree with one of the, uh, the podcasters. He had to say that, you know, there's go-away heat. And, and there's regular heat, 
You know, it's it's all stupid shit. The bottom line is Baron Corbin has heat. Baron Corbin is an excellent heel. Go away, heat, heat. Nobody likes the guy. The guy gets booed crazy. I actually like Baron Corbin. All right? It's heat. Baron Corbin is doing an excellent job and his role at the WWE and doing a, he's doing a phenomenal job. Uh, Lacey Evans, you know, they say she's green. You know, she botches a lot of moves. But but a couple a couple of the women in the women's uh in the women's division botch moves. You know, I see Sasha Banks botch moves. You know, I, I even see Charlotte a couple times. Asuka, she she could botch every now and then. You know, Lacey's got to get better. I have to admit, but her, her on you know on the mic is fine. She was fine in NXT. NXT. You know, I, I think uh, I think this is actually going to be a good match, Lacey and Corbin against uh, Seth and uh, Becky. You know, I would put the titles on Corbin <laughs> and Lacey Evans. I think the world would go insane. The internet, the critics, WWE would blow up if they put the titles on Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. And you don't got to put it on them for a while. Maybe a couple weeks. Maybe until SummerSlam. You know, uh, <laughs> call it a cheap pop. Call it whatever you want. But that's going to draw eyes if Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans beat Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins, you know, given they cheat, given it's an unfair, how the outcome, even if Brock Lesnar gets involved, however you want to make it, but that would pop. And now the the Twitter universe would go insane if that ever happened. All right. Thank you for letting me be a part of the podcast, too. And uh, I'll catch you later. That was Brian C. Shout out to Brian. Good stuff there, man. You know, here's a guy who's a fan, a big fan, and he's excited about the prospect of Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman being part of the WWE team. And, and, and here's the thing. Those two guys only have to report to Vince McMahon. They don't have to listen to anybody else, just Vince McMahon. How cool is that? That means Eric can do what he needs to do with SmackDown, and, and Paul Heyman can do what he needs to do with Raw, and Vince is the final say, and that's fine, but they don't have to deal with the, the nonsense of anybody else. That's that's pretty cool. Brian is at the kid, K-I-D-D, 973. So that's at T-H-E-K-I-D-D, 973. Shout out to Brian. Brian C., good guy. I'm excited about this Bischoff and, and, and Paul Heyman thing. In fact, I, I need a little bit more information on this. So let, let's just stop playing games here. Let's get our man Raj on the line here, and, and let's really dissect this and, and get some more info. So like I said, folks, with all of the, the amazing, crazy stuff going on today in the wrestling world, I figured, you know something? Let me do right by the listeners. Let me go out and get somebody who can really provide some expert analysis and some perspective from a historical uh, sense on all this stuff. So, from the number one wrestling news website in the world, the man, the myth, the legend, welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling, Mr. Raj Geary. What's going on, Raj? <laughs> Not much. How about you? Well, actually, a lot. How about yourself? Dude, I, I, you know, my head is about to explode because it just... 
I don't know what, what shoe is going to drop next. Things have been going so crazy. Yeah, it's been unpredictable. I I woke up today thinking that it was going to be a slow news day. I had all these articles I was planning on pushing that, you know, were kind of in the queue. Uh, we kind of keep some, uh, you know, just in case there are slower news days, ones that aren't so time-specific to kind of push out there, uh, you know, to – to get content out when when things are slower, but uh, that was not the case today. Certainly not. Certainly not. So, so let's just jump into this here. We we see the breaking news that WWE has assigned Paul Heyman to Raw, and they've assigned Eric Bischoff to SmackDown Live. Can, can you give us a little more detail on on what specifically these guys are going to be doing, and, and just what the response has been to this news? Well, this is obviously very, uh, very new, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, hold on one second. Let me, um, let me pull something up here. So apparently, uh, the deal with Bischoff was, you know, rather, rather recent. Uh, Paul Heyman, I guess they've been talking with for a while. Uh, so they are going to be the executive directors of Raw and SmackDown, um, uh, you know, respectively. Uh, it's interesting because, one thing I found really interesting is, you know, Paul Heyman, he's had experience working in the WWE system. He was the head of creative and, you know, in, in, in the uh, early knots. Um, he butted heads with Stephanie a lot. Uh, eventually lost his position and was never really brought back in. I mean, he's been helping a lot backstage as far as helping out with promos, giving advice, giving creative tips, but, uh, no official role. So he's been in the WWE system before. At one point, it was thought he would never be again, but here he is, and, and in charge of Raw before he was, uh, you know, in charge of SmackDown, at, at least creatively. Bischoff has never been uh, in a backstage role. He's always been an on-screen talent. So we're talking, you know, 20 years after, you know, his real uh, rise to the top in WCW, a, a little over 20 years after his rise to the top, and, and not really having a, a you know, a a major office position since his TNA days. So um, it's a big uh, big leap of faith that WWE is taking, um, given that Bischoff has never worked with them in that in that capacity. So uh, it'll be interesting to see Bischoff. You know, he is the one guy that has been able to beat Vince McMahon. Uh, you know, did it for 83 weeks, as we all know. Uh, just made the Monday Night Wars one of the highlights of any, you know, any, any wrestling fan that watched it back then will probably – say that that was their favorite era. So it's very interesting. Uh, but ultimately, you know, Vince McMahon is still in charge. They're both going to be reporting to Vince. Um, apparently, Bischoff will also be working with executives from Fox as, as SmackDown moves to Fox this October. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting position. That, that's, that's interesting that you said uh, apparently Bischoff is going to be working with executives from Fox on this. I mean, we know that uh, Bischoff has a, a pretty extensive work history dealing with networks, you know, not just in pro wrestling, but he sold reality TV shows and things of that nature. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on the fact that he's going to be working so closely with executives on, you know, a new television property that's coming to, to their station? Then? I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, ultimately, the the main deal is done. Um so it's, I guess, getting their feedback, uh, changes they might want, uh, things like that, and reporting them back to Vince. But, you know, he does have that experience working with, you know, executives at TNT, TBS, 
he's he's worked on a lot of different other shows and different other projects. He's been working with Netflix on a Hulk Hogan biography film. Uh, so he has that experience working with, you know, television executives. So it, as far as him, I'm sure that's the reason why he's on SmackDown and Heyman is on Raw. But it, it makes sense. How does this affect the overall landscape in pro wrestling? Because, I mean, you, you know, we have AEW, which they're ramping up. You know, they're, they're gearing up for their debut on TNT, which is in October. But, you know, they're, they're putting on more shows. You know, we have Fighter Fest coming up this weekend. New Japan is continuing to do what they can to penetrate the American market. How does taking two veteran executives in pro wrestling, Paul Heyman and, and Eric Bischoff, how does that affect everything else? Well, Heyman, as we all have seen in the past, um, or anyone that's been watching wrestling for a long period of time, Heyman is great at pushing younger talent and creating characters and and giving younger guys opportunities. Um, and that's something that's kind of been lacking lately. Um, so from a creative sense, you know, that's that's something that could be a huge deal. Um, you know, ultimately, overall, we've seen creative shakeups many times. I mean, just last December, you know, we had the McMahon family out there, Triple H, and they're talking about how the, the fans are now the authority and, and they're going to be listening to the fans and, this babyface promo about how everything's going to change and everything went back to the way it was because ultimately, you know, Vince is, you know, the man on top. Uh, and I'm, we'll have to see, but I don't see Vince wanting major changes to how the show is formatted, uh, just the way that they do business, you know, how they start off with an in-ring promo and just the lighting and the, and the set and the look and how produced uh, the show is. I don't, see Vince wanting to have to make any changes on, in the, on those fronts. So uh, we'll just have to see. Um, if we go by history, the many times that they've said that they were going to have creative shakeups and they kind of ended up reverting back to where they were within, you know, a few months or, you know, even shorter than that. So we'll have to see. Do you think today's moves with Heyman and, and, and Bischoff, do you think these are moves by WWE in order to combat any potential moves happening with AEW, or do you feel that this was going to happen anyway, especially with Vince allegedly taking a step back, taking more of a role with the XFL, which is about to launch? Well, uh, it is interesting that Triple H isn't filling one of those roles. I I thought, you know, he's been running NXT for a while now. Uh, You know, NXT has a great underground following, um, it's not mainstream, obviously, but it does have a great uh, following with wrestling fans. Uh, so that that part I thought was very interesting. As and uh, you know, yeah, I mean, Vince McMahon has a lot on his plate. The XFL is about to launch in January. He's invested a ton of money into this. Um, he's looking at, you know, I mean, you're looking at pretty much close to half a million a year is what it's looking like. Um, so you know, he he can't be doing everything. So. Yeah, so bringing in Bischoff and, and Heyman to fill those roles, you know, takes a lot off his plate, but ultimately he's still the man in charge, and uh, they are going to be reporting to him. You know, it, it's it's interesting timing that um, we get this news today that AEW has Fighter Fest happening this weekend, which is a free show that's going to be on the Bleacher Report, uh, their app. Is again, is is this just an affront to establish, hey, we're the big dog in the wrestling industry. We can do these things and legitimately steal your 
shine because at this point everyone's talking about WWE. I, I today very yeah. chatter about a pay per view that that legitimately is happening on, on Saturday. It's all about WWE WWE. Is this? Yeah, it definitely. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, it just it, do you feel this is coincidental? Because I mean, you're you're the top news guy. You're you're reporting on this stuff. Does it seem like there's a trend here where WWE is is being very targeted and specific with the timing of of this news dropping? Even with the whole Seth Rollins, uh, you know, talking trash online, establishing that he's the big dog in, in the industry, or what have you. Is this stuff coincidental, or do you feel that this is strategic with the timing? Well, you know, with with WWE, uh, they you know they know a lot about timing. Uh, they could have easily held this off until next Monday or Tuesday. So I'm sure. Uh, I don't know this, but I'm sure that uh, I'm sure it was done ahead of AEW's second show to take the shine off a little bit and get people talking about this. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, AEW, it's, it's not necessarily a pay-per-view. Uh, it, it is overseas for, you know, people in the U.S. It is free. Uh, it's not one of their bigger shows, but yeah, this does definitely get people talking about something else. What are your thoughts about WWE airing, um, the Evolve show on the WWE network? So, so here we have a, you know, essentially an indie promotion that they do have business dealings with. But they're going to be putting them on the WWE Network uh, in a couple of weeks, and it's going to be going head to head with an established AEW pay per view at, at the same time. There. Yeah, so that's, I mean, come on, that's not a coincidence. Um, you know, WWE has been working with Progress, Evolve uh, for forever. Um, and they've been talking about, you know, airing their shows, you know, for as long as I can remember. I mean, it's been on their uh, conference calls. Uh, many, many, many times, but they've never done it. And then the one time they decide to do it is when AEW has a show that night. Now, Evolve did have this date picked uh, before uh, Fight for the Fallen had been announced. But for WWE to choose to stream it and headline it with, you know, a lot of NXT stars, it's definitely not a coincidence. And you know what? It's That's how they do business. And there's nothing wrong with that. WCW would do that with WWE. I mean, they aired their, their, you know, their flagship show head to head with Raw, and it led to a boom period. So, um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. That's competition. We're talking to Raj Geary from the number one wrestling news website, Wrestling Inc. Raj, what is your take on this whole Seth Rollins, Will Ospreay, uh, stuff that's happened over the last couple of days? Because, you know, it, it just seems like, um, at least on social media, fans are definitely choosing sides. Some agreeing with Rollins that, you know, he should establish that he's the big guy because he's in the WWE and he is a champion. And then you have folks saying he he did the wrong thing by saying, look at my bank account. And, and using that as a, a measurable to prove that he's bigger than everyone else, especially Will Ospreay. What's your take on that whole thing? Well, I think, look, I, th I felt like Rollins was just defending the company. It had been a rough few weeks for WWE as far as their attendance went. Um, the buzz for stomping rounds was probably the lowest for a pay-per-view I can recall. Um, you know, the attendance at their shows this week were, were at all-time lows for Raw and SmackDown. Um, 
So I'm sure, you know, and Seth Rollins is the guy on top. So I'm sure it got, it's getting to him. He wants to be a company guy. He wants to be the guy. And, you know, defending the company, I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, and, you know, when he's going, when he's clearly heated and, and tweeting and going on this tirade, you know, Osprey interjecting, I mean, you can almost expect, you know, <laughs> Rollins to reply with uh, something not so flattering. And uh, I know some people are dissecting Rollins' tweet like, hey, well, Will Ospreay had more matches this year. I, well, Rollins never said this year. He's saying night in, night out over time. I mean, it could be three years, five years, whatever. It, it's not meant to be taken so literal. But what Rollins meant is at a top level, and which is mean by seeing by millions and millions of people and what he does, uh, you know, he feels like no one else does that. I see nothing wrong with that. And now the bank account thing is a little petty. But who cares? I mean, I, I just don't think it's a big deal. It's Twitter. It's not like, uh, it's not like he's driving to his house confronting him, you know, like, like they used to do in the old days. <laughs> it's not the truth. And hey, who knows who would win in that battle there? Uh, right. it, overall, is all of this stuff good or not so good for the wrestling industry and, and even for we the fans who are, who are watching? Is this good stuff? I think it's great. I mean, this is wrestling. It's not, um, it's not ballet. It's not, you know, where you're worried about sportsmanship or, uh, someone, you, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's when, when there's competition, I mean, you can only imagine what social media would have been like if it was around during the Monday Night Wars era, you know? I mean, it would have just been insane and the stuff Bischoff would have been tweeting and, I mean, it's, it's just, I just feel like it, it drives interest to fans. I mean, I, there's a lot of fans who probably didn't know much about Will Ospreay before this week, and now they they do. Um, so I, I mean, I think it's I think it just makes it interesting. Um, and you know, there we are gearing up for a war between WWE and AEW this fall. So uh, I, I just think uh, I just think this stuff's fascinating, and it, and it makes things more interesting. So I, I find nothing wrong with it. A year from now. What are we going to be talking about? If, 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 if you had a crystal ball and, and you could predict, are we going to be talking about WWE and AEW or any other promotion in terms of a war, or are things going to fizzle out and, and we're just going to have an established company like we have been dealing with for over 20 years now, where it's like, yeah, at the end of the day, it's still a big dog. Well, I've never seen a period where there's just so many um – intangibles, right? Like you've got the XFL. How is that going to affect things? Is that, will that be a success at all? Will that be a big failure? If it's a success, how does that affect the wrestling business? Um, how does it move to Fox? Um, right now the ratings that, you know, we've talked about this and we'll have a longer talk at, you know, some other point, but the ratings right now are not at an all time low. Uh, what happens when they move to Fox on Friday nights? They're going to get a bump by being on Fox, but they're also going to drop by being on Friday nights. Um, does the popularity continue to decrease? If it does, how does Fox handle that? Well, you know, uh, I mean, there's just so many intangibles. Uh, AEW, um, is it just, you know, 500,000 or so fans that are willing to, you know, fly out to these events and, you know, buy tickets? And can they expand beyond that? Or have they already? Is there already more of an interest? Uh, we don't really know yet. Right now, um, they have a hardcore fan that's buying tickets at an unprecedented pace. 
but we don't know how that'll translate once they have weekly shows. I mean, they're not going to be, you know, those fans are not going to be spending all this money every week. Um, and so they got to create new fans. And how will TNT and TBS be promoting, I mean, TNT, Turner, be promoting AEW ahead of its debut? Um, will the product be mainstream enough or is it too, um, is it too, too hardcore, uh, too inside and then too catered towards hardcore wrestling fans. So, I mean, man, it's, it's, this is the way, like last year, it was easy, um, to look in the crystal ball and kind of see where we're at, you know, um, this year, it's, I, I really can't, <laughs> I mean, I, I have no idea. And it's fascinating. I think this fall, uh, this, this, from this fall on, I mean, the most fascinating period in pro wrestling and since the Monday Night Wars or, you know, since, uh, WWE purchased WCW. Yeah, I have to agree with you 100%. It's just the anticipation and the excitement is, is through the roof right now. And it's like, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? Which can only, at least in the short term, translate into more people watching, especially the first time it's on TV. You know, this this might become appointment television again, as opposed to I'll, I'll catch it online or I'll catch it on the DVR or something like that. Uh, yeah, and there is the there is one thing with you know with SmackDown moving to Fox in October, that marks 20 years of SmackDown, so they could really load that show up like they did with Raw 25, uh, you know, the Raw um, Raw 1000. I mean, really load it up and get a ton of people tuning in. I mean, when they did that with Raw. Um, was it uh, Raw 25 last year, two years ago? I think it was last year, last January. They did like a like 4.5 million viewers, like way beyond anything they've done in recent memory. And uh, I think with Paul Heyman in charge, one, one of the problems with Raw 25 is they showcased a lot of the old guys but didn't interact with the younger guys and get younger guys over and create a big angle to get those 4.5 million who are tuning in that normally don't tune in to want to tune in the following week. I think Paul Heyman will take advantage of that big audience that they're going to have. So, um, Oh, I'm sorry. Eric Bischoff, Eric Bischoff will be in charge of SmackDown, but I, I think he'll, he'll want to take advantage of that. So hopefully we'll see. Good call. Hey, real quick, switching speeds here, impact wrestling. I mean, we, I, I, I checked out Wrestling Inc. and I, I saw that, um, I believe it's DirecTV and AT&T are dropping the Pursuit channel. Uh, Impact has, you know, 50 million lives here. Uh, are we getting to a point where we've seen the end or do you expect them to bounce back again? Well, I mean, we recently spoke with Conan who says they got a, another TV deal in the works and, um, you know, until it's announced, we won't know. Their their deal with Pursuit is up, I believe, at the end of this year. So, I, I mean, this Pursuit deal has been a disaster. Um, I mean, really, Impact is the best show no one's watching. Um, you know, they, they're probably putting out quality-wise some of their best product they've done in a long time. But, again, no one's watching it right now. So they really need out of this Pursuit deal. They need some sort of TV deal. Uh, you know, whether it's, I mean, Viceland is doing their wrestling shows now. I mean, if they paired those up with an episode of Impact Wrestling every week, uh, I think that'd benefit both. But, um, yeah, I mean, again, people have been talking about the death of TNA Impact for, uh, pretty much since it formed. And like he says, you know, 50 lives. So, uh, <laughs> if you're a betting man, uh, they'll probably, they probably have one more in there somewhere. That, that was an interesting take there, Raj Gary, talking about uh, Viceland. I, 
that would be crazy for any wrestling promotion to land a deal with them and, and, and do a weekly program with them. Jeez. Yeah, Viceland doesn't have much reach, but it definitely has way more than uh, than Pursuit. And you know, they were doing two hundred thousand plus viewers for the uh, the Dark Sides of the the Dark Tales of the Ring or Dark Side of the Ring um, shows that they were doing. So, you know, they got they can pull in you know hundreds of thousands of viewers, and that's that's a good start. Raj, tell everybody about uh, Wrestling Inc. And, and what they can expect and why they need to make that, if they haven't already, their first stop for wrestling news. Uh, we're, we're 24-7, uh, always on top of the breaking news. We have uh, lots of fun features, lots of fun interviews. Uh, we got Kevin Von Eric coming up uh, next week, uh, a rare interview. He, he rarely does them. Uh, we have tons of tons of exclusive interviews each week. Ton, you know, all the breaking news. I mean, if you go to the site and then go a few hours later, it's like ten different articles since the last time you were there. So it's just a fun. We try to make it as fun of an experience for pro wrestling fans as we can. And um, yeah, we we just try to be fun, but while providing news, also you know. This is sports entertainment, and we also try to be entertaining and have fun features and things like that in our comment section, which can get nuts. But, uh, yeah, definitely uh, definitely check us out. Well, I'll, I'll say this, Raj Gary, and, and you know, anyone who's listened to Duke Loves Wrestling through the years is no surprise. I am a, a avid fan of Wrestling Inc., and, and, you know, just Raj Gary, even before that, just the product that you put out, I think you do a really great job. And... I'm going to say this on the air and give you kudos. You signed one of the biggest free agents in pro wrestling media uh, a little over a year ago. I believe it was last what was it last March when 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 you signed uh, Nick Hausman. Yeah, and correct. You guys together. I mean, just that combination is, has been something I don't think we've ever really seen before, uh, and it really shows in the product. Your, your website, you don't allow it to get stale. You're constantly reinventing. You're constantly uh, putting out more content and putting out original content as well. And I can speak from experience. If Wrestling Inc. covers something on Duke Loves Wrestling, everybody else is going to cover it. That's why you guys are number one. You're, you're really setting the pace. So keep up the great work, and I appreciate you uh, coming back on. Well, thanks, man. I really appreciate it, and thanks for having me on. And there it is. I mean, that's straight from the number one news website, Wrestling Inc. You know, the guy that runs it, Raj Geary. It's all dude. You know, when, when you listen to Raj talk about pro wrestling, it's easy to understand why his website is so successful. There's a lot of credibility in what he talks about. He's clear when he's given his opinion. And he's clear when he's ex- expressing facts. And there's a lot of historical understanding of the business to go along with that stuff. So that that bothers me that there are so many out there that just don't have those types of ethics and integrity. And unfortunately, they're pretty good at misleading the masses. So I tip my hat to Raj and his team over there. You know, they, they those guys do it the right way. That now that doesn't mean I agree all the time with with Raj in Wrestling Inc. You you check us out on Twitter and you'll see we'll we'll debate till the cow comes to the cows come home on anything. Just because that's the way it is, you know. I think Raj 
believes that there's a correlation between the TV ratings and WWE possibly not being in as good a shape as the numbers would suggest, at least the bottom line. And I don't subscribe to that theory. I think at the end of the day, the job of a business is to make money. And WWE is making not not just making money, but they're producing record profits. And they've set themselves up to continue to do that for years to come. So how much trouble could they be in if that's the case? And with these moves with Heyman and, and, and Eric Bischoff, man, they're, they're in pretty good shape. Pretty good shape. You know, something was brought up uh, while I was talking to Raj. Seth Rollins. And some comments he made online. And Will Osprey, who's a New Japan Pro Wrestling signed wrestler. Now he's a Brit. Will Osprey, he took exception to some of Rollins' comments. And they had a little back and forth and whatever. Now, Rollins said he's the best in the world, basically. And, and show me anyone alive who, who does what I do day in and day out as well as I do it. Osprey said, I'm alive. Rollins called him little guy. <laughs> and, you know, Osprey said, I worked more matches than you over the past year. Rollins said, I had a, had a, a, a bad back, and, and yeah, I work less than you, but I make more money than you. Now, some people have taken strong offense to that. Raj Gary said he's okay with it. But not everyone's okay with it. There is a... a wrestling fan slash influencer by the name of Turnbuckle Chick. She's on Twitter at literally at Turnbuckle Chick, you know, like the wrestling turnbuckle, T-U-R-N-B-U-C-K-L-E-C-H-I-C-K, Turnbuckle Chick. She's a, she's a fun follow, man. I mean, she, she really knows her stuff. She's connected to a lot of wrestlers, especially indie wrestlers. She does a lot of videos and what have you. Um, you know, she has her days. She has some kind of medical issue where some days she's really not feeling too well. But, and today is actually one of those days. Nonetheless, she felt compelled to put out a video expressing her feelings on the whole Seth Rollins and Will Ospreay stuff. And I want you folks to hear it. I think it's definitely worth listening to. And you should check out her page, give her a follow, or watch some of her videos as well. She's, she's an interesting person. But a lot to say. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play Turnbuckle Chick's take on this Seth Rollins Will Osprey stuff. And after that, I'm gonna share my thoughts. People are asking me about this whole feud between Rollins and Osprey. And um I was gonna wait until later and I, I might um, but, you know, first thing is, you gotta know that when people say things and they're in WWE, first of all, it's written, like, WWE is not just gonna let people say whatever they want, okay? You know, it's just how it is. Um, yeah, I'm sick, my hair hasn't been brushed, I haven't brushed my teeth, I'm sorry, guys. Second of all, um, 
yeah, this feud is just, it was, it's pathetic. Um, and it, it just, the last text that, uh, Rollins sent, or message, tweet, excuse me, tweet, let me say that right, tweet, um, it just ended up making Rollins look really pathetic because it ended up with him talking about money. And if anyone ends up falling back on money as opposed to talent, um, it, it just comes off as uh, pathetic, period. Pathetic and as if you have no self-confidence. And I love Rollins. I love Seth Rollins. I love Will Ospreay. I've seen them both lots of times in person wrestle. I've met both of them. It's right here. Well, actually, they're healing. But, um, guys, I just suggest you guys read the Twitter feud. And um, of all the writers that work with WWE, they could have come up with a better way to end it with Rollins because it just makes him it just makes him end on a pathetic note yeah you're making more money but you're working for a company that has been a monopoly that has been the monopoly for how long so I think anybody who works there is probably going to be making more than anybody else who doesn't Period. Uh, then read. Osprey did get the last word in. Read it. And he almost gets the higher ground. Uh, he pretty much does. Not only that. He also made two shirts out of it. And it's on. Uh, it's on. Um, ProWrestlingTees.com So check it out. Uh, I would say. Pro, uh, Will Ospreay one Rollins zero, but Will Ospreay two because he's got one on he won on Twitter I think, and then he got two shirts on uh, pro wrestling tees out of this. So now I'm gonna say, and this is you know, Josh, my boyfriend Josh brought this up. So uh, the pro wrestling tees thing, and uh, thank you Josh, I'm giving this one to you. So Will Ospreay two because of that Rollins zero okay bye everybody you know the, the beauty about the pro wrestling community and, and wrestling fans uh, we're a passionate bunch and we definitely have plenty to say as you heard you know turnbuckle chick she has plenty to say on this she feels strongly about what Seth Rollins was saying and how he was representing himself because of what he said. Shout out to Turnbuckle Chick. I'll say this. I, I, I lean a little bit more toward Raj Geary. And I think it's great. I enjoy a little trash talk and, and swagger. I, I enjoy proclaiming you're the absolute best. 
And while I respect everything the turnbuckle chick said, because she made some valid points, I I don't know of any other way to measure who's doing better than who if it isn't based on who's working for the number one company, who's one of the top stars, and as a result, who's making top bucks. Now, Seth Rollins is not the most paid person in WWE, don't get me wrong, but he's a top star. And he's probably making more money than anybody on the indies. And anybody in New Japan, for the most part, probably more than the majority of people at AEW. Is he making more than Will Ospreay? He probably is. So what happens when you work for the big dogs. So I, I, I get that. I don't, I don't necessarily have an issue with him bringing that up. How do we measure who's better than who? can't say so-and-so is a better wrestler than so-and-so because it's subjective it's your opinion but how, how do we get to the facts how do we legitimately measure success as it relates to pro wrestling at some point we got to talk money at some point we got to talk about who's working for what promotion and, and, and what is the footprint of that promotion If you were to combine all of the promotions in Japan, combine what they what they made in a year, I think WWE still beats them by at least $100 million. And that's just profit. If we were to just take in the, the gross and not even worry about profit, oh, I mean, WWE blows them out of the water. One single promotion can take every promotion in an entire nation and blow them out of the water. So, you know, Will Ospreay is not going to win that round. You can give your opinion and say you think he's a better wrestler or he's just as well and all this other stuff. But it's, bottom line, man, got to go to the bottom line. A lot of people are, are frustrated with me on Twitter. Because I have spoken up about a lot of these things. They're, they're frustrated because my stance on Seth Rollins and what he said to Osprey is that I, I don't have a problem with it and I actually support it. People are, people are upset with me over this. As if their opinion on, on what's a five-star match or their opinion on who a better wrestler is and their opinion on how good a promotion something else is even matters. It matters to you, but those aren't facts. You got to go to the bottom line, man. Something that's not subjective like your opinion, but legitimately we can point to it and say that's the best. If, the, if there's a more accurate measure in the bottom line, a.k.a. who's making the most bucks, who's in the number one company, let me know. I'd love to hear it. Folks, you know that I enjoy interacting with people who disagree with me on things and vice versa. I feel like, you know, you, you can learn more from people who view things differently from you. That's how you get educated, right? A couple of people got upset with me on, on, on Twitter 
at, at Duke Loves Wrestling, they got upset because I, I called I called out somebody for being a, a hypocrite because they were going after Seth Rollins for what he said, yet they weren't as enthusiastic towards others who had taken crazy shots at WWE for an extended period of time. Everybody leapt to their defense. So-and-so is not a hypocrite. How dare you say that? As if you, you aren't allowed to point out facts as because it's somebody that you like. Ah, oh, being a hypocrite, I'll tell you. Doesn't mean I don't like you. Just means on this topic, you're not being even. And I think we all suffer from that from time to time, and that's okay. But no one is immune from being told. When did we get to the point where we can't openly disagree with one another without the mob getting into it and getting upset about it? Very strange. Very strange. I I enjoy this stuff, man, because it's part of the fun. You know? My favorite wrestler can beat your favorite wrestler. This one is better than that one. It's part of the fun. A lot of people are, are calling me some kind of WWE stan or what have you, as if they don't understand or they haven't paid attention and seen all the times I've held WWE accountable for nonsense that they do. I don't have time to be complaining about WWE's creative and how because I don't like it, that means it's terrible and everybody should feel that way. The little kid over there and the New Day shirt and the Becky Lynch hat, they're, they're having a good time at the show. They don't feel that way. And I'm pretty sure the WWE is marketing to them before they market to me. So, no, I, I don't take issue with their creative, so to speak. I don't think that it's the worst thing because I don't like it. You know what I take issue with? Women are paid the same as men in WWE. The pay scale is totally different. Still, I take issue with that. I take issue with the union busting that the WWE has done. I take issue with that. Racist storylines. The fact that you know Hulk Hogan is still involved in WWE. I take issue with those things. Those are tangible things you can sink your teeth into. And they're absolutes. These are facts. There's, there's, there's nothing subjective about the fact that women should be paid just as much as men. All men are created equal, allegedly, in America. There's no reason why the women can't be paid as much as the men. You're literally discriminating against an entire gender by not paying them equally. It's not like you're saying, a wrestler, you're, you're just not good enough. You're saying all of you women aren't good enough, so we're not going to pay you as much. That's ridiculous. doesn't make sense. You can sink your teeth into that. I can't sink my teeth into, I didn't like Raw this week, the creative blows, it sucks, I'm not, you know, it's the worst thing ever, everybody should feel that way. No, I can't sink my teeth into that, that's foolish. They just signed multi-billion dollar deals. How am I, <laughs> I, 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 I would sound like a fool 
like an absolute fool to sit here and 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 claim that the product is so bad when they're making all the money that they're making they're, they're, they're posting record profits you sound like a fool when you say that you can quote me on that one you sound like a fool it's a business the business makes money if they're making the most money, then maybe you don't understand the business model if, if you can't comprehend how something you don't like personally can still be so successful. You're not a business expert. You're a fool. When did your opinion become a fact? Well, Duke, when did your opinion become a fact? Well, you know, my opinion is not a fact per se but I'm sure using more facts to, to arrive at the conclusions on that and you're just sticking to what you think you know it's it's exciting though you know wrestling fandom we got a potential quote unquote war going on even though WWE is crushing it it's 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 exciting I just want them to pay women equally and, and stop union busting and take CT more seriously and, and get away from the racist tropes and even figures. Um, that's all I ask. Outside of that, I don't really have too many complaints. It is what it is. Join me next week, folks. Of course, I'm going to have some more excitement. We'll be going over Fighter Fest. More good stuff. Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. Take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.